Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Friends, we celebrate today the exaltation of the cross. We share this feast with our Orthodox brethren. I love every time that I call my Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox friends, and they actually have the same feast. We then jump away from 1 Timothy and the readings we have been doing in ordinary time for a feast. And the readings today go to Moses in Numbers 21, the story of the uh, serpent that is wrapped around um, a pole that is going to save people. And the psalm for today, Psalm 78, where we remember the works of the Lord. And there are very beautiful verses about God's mercy. Then we have the most amazing Philippians chapter 2. It is one of my favorites, and it didn't used to be that because I didn't understand it. So for a long time, I didn't understand what it what it said. Jesus, in the form of God, didn't regard equality with God something to be grasped. I thought, I didn't really understand it. He was God. He was man. You know, what is, what is that? But I want to ponder a little bit on that one today with you. And then finally, on John chapter 3, We've got Jesus talking to Nicodemus and remembering the story with him from uh, Numbers 21, where he says, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the desert, the man has, the son of man has to be lifted up. The cross is such a mystery to humans, right? To humanity is such a mystery because we try to avoid suffering at all costs, right? We take a Tylenol if we have a headache. Uh, we don't want to suffer. And life already has enough suffering because we have losses of different kinds that are part of the way. We lose, we, we all have to die. And every time someone dies, it's really difficult and things begin and end. You have a party, it ends. It can be something simple as that. You know, you have a date, it ends. Uh, childhood for parents. And I have a, a lot, and I have a lot of friends right now whose children have gone away to college. My own has gone to college and the other has graduated and, and is now working. Uh, and so we've got children in school that go from grade to grade and, and every stage of life that we pass in some ways again, and in some ways a loss. So the cross signifies this ultimate suffering where a human being is nailed in a torturous way. And these can be a cause for great difficulty for my atheist friends. They say, what's the point? You actually adore an instrument of torture, number one. And number two, what's the point about all that suffering? Like there's a convoluted side to this that, that a lot of times they don't get. So we want to get a little bit into it because in the word of God, we've got first that people in the desert are complaining. They're griping. They're saying, you took us out of Egypt and we're about to die in this desert. We have no food, no water. Oh my goodness. We keep getting this food that falls from heaven and it's the same thing every day. That's us, right? We just get dis disappointed, discouraged. It's like, give me slavery back. That's what they're saying. And now the Lord says, okay, I've saved you. I have taken you through great miraculous moments like the crossing of the Red Sea. And this is your attitude. Let me bring some ser serpents around to show you 
that you need to lift up your eyes, right? And so the people come to Moses in repentance and saying, please pray to the Lord to take this away from us. And he makes a pole with a seraph. He, he mounts the seraph on it. Um, and then anyone who's been bitten can look at it and be saved. Oh, brothers and sisters, we do the same thing. We gripe. We get great miracles around us. We get great, amazing breakthroughs. And we go right back to our slave mind, don't we? So let us not forget the works of the Lord is our refrain from the Psalms. Let us hearken to God's teaching. Let us incline our ears to the word of, of God's mouth. Let us allow the Lord to be our rock. Let us call him the most high, the redeemer. Let us not use our tongues just to flatter him and say, oh, you know, you're great. But then we really follow our own paths instead of the paths of, of God. And let us remember that God has been very merciful with us, that we are all forgiven villas, villains, as my friend Jim says, and that we turn back many times away from that, from that path that he presents to us, and God holds his anger. So let us not forget the works of the Lord. So we come to Philippians 2, and how do we enter this reading that has been revealed to me in the last little while? As an amazing reading. Have you ever thought that Jesus walked the earth as man, being fully God, but that he didn't use his godly capabilities so that he could be a man? How do we know that? Well, at the desert, the devil tempts him to turn rocks into bread you know, to throw himself and be picked up by angels. He just throws things at him, wanting Jesus to use his godly powers. But Jesus doesn't, right? It, he doesn't until his hour has come, until his public ministry begins. And he only does it then according to God's will, because he says over and over again, I am simply here sent to do the will of my father. So somebody that is doing the will of his father is under submission in a way to that will. So being fully God and capable of presenting himself as God as he does in the transfiguration, he doesn't do that. He doesn't regard equality with God something to be grasped. And why, friends, why? He walks the earth as a man so that at the end of the journey, when he defeats death and goes down to hell, he can stand in front of Satan and say, I am one of them. You have nothing on me. Give me back the keys to the kingdom that Adam gave to you. And these has for ever changed my ability to pray, understanding the victory of Jesus, that he has now given you and me authority, lost by Adam and recovered by him, by walking earth as a man, so that not sinning, being one of us, 
not grasping his equality with God, but rather emptying himself and taking the form of one of us, human, humble, obedient, so that he could win that for us. Doesn't that change absolutely everything? Because of this, it says, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend on heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. We use this last part of Philippians 2:11 in our prayer as well. When we're praying for the sick, we say, We know, Father, that every cell in the body that is not aligned to your health, to your well-being, to your greatest purpose for the cell must align itself to, to health and that any spirit of infirmity must bow down to the name of Jesus because everything in heaven, on earth, under the earth must bow down. Every knee must bend. So we use this in our prayer as well. And we confess the glory of the Almighty. In the encounter of John 3 between Jesus and Nicodemus, which is also this tender encounter of one of the great masters of the law, one of the great teachers with Jesus, the master, right? And he's taking time to explain to him this mystery of the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And it was through the cross. If you're going through any cross today, You can intercede before the throne of God and bring that salvation, that, that blood of Christ to bear in that situation. That victory of Calvary gets to be distributed. God sent his son to bring the authority back to us that Adam lost so that now we get to distribute that victory of Calvary everywhere we go, and that is the exaltation of the cross. It has already won. It's a finished victory. The works are finished. We get to distribute them everywhere, and we get to see signs, miracles, and wonders because our Father wants us to continue the extension of the kingdom of heaven on earth. He's counting on you and me to do this. So let us go to the throne together and say, Jesus, we adore you and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. And we bow our own knee before you, Jesus, because you have walked amongst us and you have given us this authority and it is our pleasure, our privilege, our dignified job to distribute that to anyone around us that doesn't know you, to anyone around us that is suffering, to anyone around us that is in the wrong path. 
We cover them in the precious blood that was spilled for them. And we ask forgiveness because they, in their ignorance, they might have turned away from you, Father. We cover ourselves in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We cover ourselves with the protection that comes from heaven. We cover everyone we love in it, everything we are doing, our jobs, our studies, our dwelling places, our modes of transportation, our jobs and our bank accounts, everything we have been given by you, Father. We praise you. And in the name of Jesus, we ask for one specific person today that doesn't know you, doesn't adore you, doesn't believe in you, that they may come to believe in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.